Welcome to the Southwest Church of Christ Bible Study Podcast entitled D6. My name is Dave Hess. The title D6 refers to Deuteronomy chapter 6, which teaches us how to teach our children and grandchildren about God and what He means to us. Listen to verse 4 through 9 of Deuteronomy 6. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So no matter where you are in life, a teen, young adult, married, kids, no kids, empty nesters, grandparents, retired, this study is for all. Today's lesson is titled, Bending to Serve. And the text is found in John chapter 13, verses 1 through 20. This is when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. But before I read that passage, let me break the ice by telling you about one of my greatest fears. It's not fear of the dark. It's not uh, afraid of heights. Um, it's not monsters in the closet. It's not even speaking in public. This is what it is. Imagine you are in a Bible class and the topic is about serving. The teacher says, take off your shoes. We are going to wash each other's feet. No, immediately I am out of my comfort zone. It's not the dirt. It's not the stinky feet that makes me uncomfortable. It's just plain awkward. All right. Here's the text, John chapter 13, Uh, excuse me, yeah, John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet drying them with the towel that he had wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord Simon Peter replied, Not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, 
though not every one of you. For he knew who he was going to betray him, and that was why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I am not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen, but this is to fill the passage of Scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it, when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. All right, let's stop here. I told you that washing someone else's feet was awkward, but someone else washing my feet, that's ultra awkward. But what an example of service that Jesus displayed. The master takes a towel, he wraps it around his waist, he pours water in a basin, and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. He dries their feet with the towel that was wrapped around his waist. It's so personal, it's so intimate, and he does it with love. I suspect that you and I would have had the same reaction as Peter. So what does Jesus do here? Jesus does not speak in a parable. It's in real time, and it's an act of love. First, we are in Jesus' last days. If you knew that someone's time on earth would be over in a few days, wouldn't you listen to their every word? Therefore, we should really be paying close attention. What is Jesus saying through his actions? Why did he choose this action at this moment? Well, I believe it's because it's very important. Think about how Jesus feels. He knows that within hours he will be arrested, tortured, and killed. Yet he is washing feet, even the feet of the one he knows will betray him. What love and example. His disciples will never forget this moment. The message was love each other, and Jesus loves his disciples to the very end, as stated in verse 1. In verse 2 and 3, we can tell that Satan had been at work in Judas, and Jesus was aware of what was happening, because Jesus made a reference to this back in John chapter 6. But I believe the real moment happens in verse 4, when Jesus gets up and wraps a towel around his waist. They didn't see it coming. It's a beautiful portrayal of the one who came to serve rather than to be served that we read about in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give life as a ransom for many. 
Jesus was about to die, be overwhelmed with grief, and yet he still served his disciples. Washing feet was not unusual in dusty Palestine. What was unusual was the fact that Jesus took on the task himself. Anyone in the room would have been better suited to wash feet than Jesus. Betrayed by Judas, denied by Peter, and left by all, their worthiness did not matter. Jesus served them all. Let's talk about Peter's reaction. In verse 6, he has a logical question. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus responds that Peter will understand it later. Then Peter, known at times for speaking before thinking, says emphatically, You'll never wash my feet. After Jesus explains that if he doesn't, he will not have no part with him, Peter goes all in and says, Wash my head and hands as well. He's ready for a bath. Jesus explains that the person who has already had a bath needs only his feet washed. In other words, the person who has already been cleansed of their sins needs only to have their feet washed. You see, during our daily walk throughout life, we collect dust and dirt. The washing of feet represents our repentant heart as we seek forgiveness and oneness with Christ. And what about Judas? He receives the same washing given by Jesus to the rest of the disciples, even though Jesus knew that Judas was about to betray him. I think that this is a point that we really need to get. Jesus deserved to be served. He had the right to call out orders and ask one of the disciples to wash feet, but that's not what he did. Instead, he knelt down with a pan of water and served the ones He had created, chosen, and loved, even the one that betrayed him. Well, how can we apply this to ourselves? Simply put, we need to wash one another's feet. Maybe not literally, but we should love and serve each other. Verse 14 says you should wash one another's feet. I believe that the NIV softens the meaning of by using the word should. The King James Version and other versions read, ought to wash one another's feet, which is a little stronger. The message uses the word must, which I feel is a better term. I did not look up the word in Greek, but my understanding is that the term Jesus uses denotes an obligation like an owed debt. Bottom line is, we should serve one another. Here's a personal example from my own life. Uh, Several years ago, we put new linoleum in our kitchen. Required tearing up the old flooring and replacing the subfloor. Well, my boss at that time took interest in the project, and he came over and helped me. He got down on his hands and knees and pounded nails alongside of me. That man was Harvey Clark. I worked for him, but that day he worked for me. What a great example of Christian service and I'll never forget it. Let's finish the story. In verse 18, Jesus begins to predict his betrayal. He is getting the disciples ready. Some scholars say that Jesus was telling them what was coming up so that 
they wouldn't be overwhelmed or be taken by surprise. I can agree with that, but I think the stronger motivation for me seems clear in verse 19. I am telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe I am who I am. That seems clear. As we close this lesson, let me remind you of John 13, verses 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our great example is Jesus. Like him, we should look for ways to serve others, regardless of our position or title. Employee, employer, co-worker, it doesn't matter. Love and serve them. Love on and serve your children and watch how it affects your relationship with them. Serving others requires humility. Our natural desire is to be served, but I want to challenge you to serve, to live it. Watch for opportunities. Bend to serve. You can do it. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Next week, we'll talk about the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised in John 14. I hope you'll tune in.